We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers! With a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast as part of the Blue Wire family and the Eurostep podcast network. Come back at you with some more Packers news after minicamp has finished up. Is me, Numac, and my trusty co-host, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy? Hello, I'm happy to be trusty. Always trusty. Always trusty. Reliable, trusty. I can't think of other synonyms at this point, so we will uh, stop there. <laughs> um, <laughs> after a little break last week, we are um, coming at you with all of the news out of uh, minicamp. Come Let's to- just say it's mandatory minicamp, and we had to... It was mandatory that we had to have a podcast. Mandatory. We had to podcast this week. <laughs> if we didn't, we were going to get fined by the Packers. That's not true because that would mean we have to have a contract with the Packers. And I'll tell you when that when that happens. <laughs> Mark Murphy, please. Please sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> um, mandatory minicamp was this week. They had practices on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then no practice today, Thursday. Instead, they went paintballing. Going back. Also, wasn't today the gambling meeting? No, I didn't. Did not hear anything about that. They had a meeting about um, anti-gambling because of the all the incidents that keep happening. Did anyone pipe up and say, "Hey, maybe we don't promote FanDuel, DraftKings, uh, Caesar Sportsbook, uh, Underdog Fantasy, or like the rest of them that are all on NFL Sundays?" You know, it just yeah. 
it's what happens. Apparently so. <laughs> we won't talk about the Potawatomi sportsbook opening up or the one on Ida opening up. Good thing that the players who are visiting, as far as I remember when I lived up there, stay at the Oneida Radisson with the casino right downstairs that has a sports book now. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> hooray! <laughs> Any who's will be. The, uh, the Packers today went uh, paintballing as a team building um, activity. I think that was like really the Mike McCarthy staple when he was um, head coach. They like always on paintballing for their mini camp uh, activity. Is either that or you smashing watermelons? That too. Like, just a bunch of random stuff. So, God, if there is like one, we're off the rails. We are off the rails already. Minute three. If there's like one scenario or situation that I wish I was in the room for, is is Mike McCarthy just going hog wild, <laughs> smashing, <laughs> smashing watermelons like he's Gallagher three or something. I don't know. You miss me with Gallagher three, but I just want to. I just want to see Mike McCarthy smash a, a watermelon. Yeah, big fan. But yeah, it looked like they had fun. Um, Packers posted all over social media and such with smiling faces and AJ Dillon peppered with uh, some yellow paintballs and such. But <laughs> looked uh, looked like it was fun. So, um, should we get into? Should we as, use that as a jumping off point? Should we talk about <clears throat> AJ Dillon first. He kind of had some big news come out this week. Yes, let's do it. AJ Dillon, uh, shout out Ty. He had a very funny tweet this week. Uh, came out on Monday that he wants to be a Packer for life and. Um, I guess I'll just read the quote that he told um, the people over at Pro Football, Pro Football Talk. Uh, quote, I love Green Bay. Green Bay knows that. I love the Packers. The Packers know that. I'd play here until I can't run anymore. I'll pick up a long snapper or whatever it is when I start slowing down. But there's only so much I can control. My biggest thing is having the mindset that I'm going to come here, come in here and keep doing my thing. So Ty's tweet saying that AJ Dillon's agent is just in shambles right now. <laughs> Pretty much saying that he's willing to stay in Green Bay and not really search for a competitive contract is the joke there. Um, but not really a surprise given for the honorary uh, mayor of Door County and just how much he has um, embraced Northeast Wisconsin and the Green Bay community. Yep. I I mean, I was at a Brewers game this year and I saw AJ Dillon there and he was, he was having the time of his life. He's a Wisconsin native. Obviously, it is kind of an interesting situation with the running back room between Dylan and Aaron Jones of like Aaron Jones continuously um, wants to be a Packer and has pretty much dedicated that. It's up to Packers to see if they want to do that with AJ Dillon now that he's going to a contract year. Mm-hmm. And last year was disappointing, obviously, but even his um, – I want to pull up this uh, quote – um, the running backs coach, Ben Sermons, said part of the reason why he thought A.J. Dillon was not as good as last year was he was as aggressive, aggressive enough as a runner, as we've seen in years past. So um, interesting context behind his performance and everything like that. And, yeah, it's a big year for him. I'm not surprised that he doesn't want to move or anything like that. But um, Right. You know. I, I think that's pretty much spot on too is that he um is that he played well last year just really didn't have it it kind of seemed and if that's kind of how the running backs coach saw it they know about it they can work on it and i think adrian recognizes that that's going to be a little bit more of a um 
a focus for him this year to have success and to be able to stay in Green Bay um, for as long as he wants, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would think he has ample opportunity to be running back two for the longest time, like for like the foreseeable future, um, depending on how... Um, well, I can't think of his name. The backup, the third stringer. It's in my brain. I just can't think of his name. Anyways, there aren't a lot of backups there right now that are really going to push him the way I think he would get pushed to be able to get pushed out. I think the biggest thing for him is just making sure he's back to that 2021 um, performance level, essentially, because I think it's more likely Tyler Goodson is the person I was thinking of and Patrick Taylor. That was the other one I was thinking of. Um, Yeah. I think the more likely scenario is one of those two players, if they're doing very well, um, not usurping, but replacing Aaron Jones, should Aaron Jones get priced out of his contract or anything like that, essentially. Um, Who was the Packers' like sixth-round draft pick this year, the running back? Lou Nichols. Yeah, he's another like power back, so he could have a chance. Like If he somehow shows up and does really well at training camp, that could be possibly an option to... um, to replace AJ Dillon next year, but I don't think that's really a um a big option unless the Packers just choose not to bring AJ Dillon back for uh, money reasons and things like that. But they'll have a little bit more room next year, given they'll be off of Rogers' contract as well. Yeah. So it does feel good to to know that he loves Green Bay and Wisconsin as much as he says publicly, even though again this is still a public comment. But I think it's just consistent with it all. And also, I have to make sure not a not a Wisconsin native, but is now a honorary Wisconsin knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know what I mean. <laughs> I did know what you mean, but I was like, "There's no way, right?" Like we would have we would have had to have heard about this, you know, from the great state of Connecticut, the little small one. <laughs> a little small one. Yep, he's an oxymoron. Big man living uh, in a little state. <laughs> Quadzilla. Yeah, he's a. Uh, Big quad fish in a small pond. This, this stain this stain ain't big enough for the both of us. It's, it's AJ Dillon and his dad pointing to each other. <laughs> Your quad's got to get out of here. <laughs> All right. Moving off uh, further off the rails. Um, this week on Tuesday, Adrian Amos um, signed with the New York Jets. <laughs> so there goes the option for the Packers, <laughs> the Packers to... Bring him back as a free safety. My question for you, Jordan, oh. is how many touchdowns do you think Adrian Amos catches, catches this year? <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy. Yeah. Good old friend. The, the, this the, is not it. The news being is just that that option has now gone away for the Packers. They'll be stuck with, not stuck, but they'll have Donald Savage, Rudy Ford, um, and others to, to fill in that. That's safety spot. A very unproven, not unproven. I think the only one that um, is quote unquote proven is Donald Savage. Savage, yeah. And then um, I think Jonathan Owens—that's his name, right? The yes, fella that's married to Simone Biles. Um, third string uh, safety for them that they just signed a couple months, ago, a couple months ago. So yeah, it's very. It's gonna be inferior is probably too strong of a word. I guess you just, just not, use it, and we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it's just a very 
It's lackluster. Untapped potential is the Homer pod That's we have. We have glass. Here. Yeah, I know glass half full. Yeah, possibly. It. it I don't know, but it. It. it, it it feels very just like, oh, I have no idea right. what to expect with that position group. And, of course, Avis, the longer that he was out there available, and there were some whispers, and not whispers, but Gukun's had said as much that, you know, we're never going to close the door on anybody. Yeah, same but, thing they said with Mason um, Crosby. Yeah. Same thing, they said, same thing they said with a lot of the... With the offseason departures this year is where I was going. Like most of the people that most of the impact players that have left or have not resigned, we kind of heard that sentiment come from uh, the front office. Yeah. Um, What'd you say? (laughs) He had to go to the team. Yeah. That is just racking up. It's, it's, I cannot, Packers East. It's, it is insane to me to go from the fresh coast to the east coast, you know. Fresh coast to the east coast. Has uh, yeah. Mercedes Lewis signed with anybody? No, he's not. Neither him or Crosby are have signed with yeah. any. But Randall Cobb, right, has signed. He has signed with the Jets. Yeah, and so has Alan Lazard. Alan Lazard. And then I think that was it. Besides... They made that trade for Aaron Rodgers. But we, we can't talk about it no more. Well, I'm just saying they they did it right. They traded for a quarterback. They traded for a quarterback, uh, Adrian Amos. We're missing another Packer that went there. Are we sure? Let's check. It's not Bobby Tunyon. He went to the Bears. Oh, I might be uh, Billy Turner. I think went there. He didn't play there last for the Packers last year, but he went there, I believe. Right, went there. I think two, three years ago, maybe. Yeah. Let's just double check, but I don't think, I think, uh, I'm pretty sure that's right. Adrian Tim Amos. Boyle. Yuck. Adrian Amos. Um, yeah, that's, that's all I'm seeing. Yeah, you're right. That Billy Turner did sign wrong with Randall Cobb pretty much back-to-back days, but Billy Turner didn't come from, um. That's, yeah, that's straight from yeah, didn't Green come Bay. From the Packers. But yeah, that was it. So, Interesting. All right, we can move on. That was, <laughs> it was just all right. Needed to talk about it. Um, this week was the first time that the Grumay media had heard from Rashawn Gary since he had tore his ACL against the uh, the Lions last year, and he had some things to say. He gave uh, I shouldn't say had, he had some things to say. He talked to the media it was a good a good interview, but he didn't really clue in um, the fans or the media into his status. Um, this is from Ryan Wood. Rashawn Gary is giving zero details on when he expects to be ready for football, specifically regarding week one. He'll be ready when he's ready, he says, but Gary makes clear that he's feeling good, would not say if he's able to run or cut yet, only that he's moving in a straight line. So, I guess taking that at face value, he's progressing, doing well, um, but I think maybe his unwillingness to say if he can run or cut would lead me to believe he's not. <laughs> <laughs> being yeah. able to run or cut. So I guess good that he's progressing. We're still about two, three months away from opening week. So still a lot of time for, for recovery. Yeah. I feel a lot better 
with his comments and just where he is at yeah. versus Eric Stokes and how we focus on that the last couple of pods. Right. Um, definitely, if even if he's limited in some ways when the season begins, you know, having a Rashawn Gary that plays, what, 45% of snaps or fewer mm-hmm. is still incredibly helpful for this team. Yeah. So kind of like how Bakhtiari came back, sort of was. Yes. Alan Jenkins last year, too. Yeah. Was kind of brought back and played a little bit in his first game, kind of sat a couple games or a game or two and then came back and stuff like that. Just kind of easing him into it. So we'll see how it goes. Um, notably, Rashawn Gary said he was stunned that he tore his ACL in Detroit last year. He said um, after playing three snaps and left to go get the injury looked at in the locker room. Um, quote, completely surprised when doctors told him the ACL was torn. So unfortunate that it kind of happens and goes to show that not all of these knee injuries are catastrophic and uh, traumatic um, that we see. And they kind of just happen. Like I think Jordy Nelson is another one that reminds me of that. Um, In that preseason game against the Steelers, just one wrong cut and that kind of does it. So, but good to see that he's progressing. Definitely going to need him this year on the edge. Um, getting ahead of myself, um, getting into minicamp news, but with Rashawn Gary out, Justin Holland has been pay- taking the snaps with the ones, um, along with Preston Smith on, off the edge. And he's been doing uh, real well, apparently. Um, from like some of the roundups that were going through, I think this one was written by Paul Brettel. I'm trying to find the... Um, Packers Wire. Yeah, from Packers Wire. Um, let's see. This is, yeah... He has a cheap cap hit, only 155000 but I think given what we had just talked about and that Rashawn Gary might not be able to start the season, and if he does, it might be in a limited role. Um, Justin Hollins taking reps with the ones and doing really good with that, I think is really good for the Packers because as we talked about in our um, postseason podcasts, um, he just was doing so well in, in Gary's absence that it really doesn't make any sort of sense to have him not make the team. So... I'm pretty confident Justin Towns is making the team because he was also just a um, stud on stud on special teams as well. Yeah, last year I mean he made an instant impact. Instant after impact. getting waived. Yeah, and that obviously was post Gary injury too. So, but yeah, I mean, even considering where Gary's at on his timeline, you have Van Ness, you have Enigbari, you have obviously Preston Smith. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Garvin's we'll see. Yeah. He might be he might be donezo. Um especially with like if Holland stands out in train or in training camp, yeah. It might just be. Yeah. Am I missing any other like pass rusher person? Off the edge, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um but yeah, if, I mean he's it sounds like he's just continued what he's done for the last or last couple of weeks of the last season that's carried over in this mm-hmm. summer, which very good to hear. <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, just double checking to make sure you're not missing anybody. Plus, two. I don't think so. It makes sense that I think Justin Hollins was with the Rams for a while. Yeah, he was. He was. So I would assume Joe Barry has coached him before. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, stats. Oh, yeah. Stats on uh, Justin Hollins last year. This is again from Paul Brettel. Um, after. Rashawn Gary went down and Justin Hollins was signed. He ranked 26th in uh, Pro Football Focus's uh, pass rush win rate metric and 27th in the run stop rate. So 
for a guy they sent off the street. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good numbers. So maybe, maybe, sort of the situation um, Brian Gunakun's found with Russell Douglas and Devondre Campbell, where they just find guys that are underperforming and make them fit their scheme and become sort of inter very important role players on this defense. Like I think Justin Hollins has quite the opportunity to do something like that. Should Rashawn Gary take longer to get back than expected or just fill in the gaps where he needs to. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it, something like an injury would have to happen or I think Preston Smith would have to have a really down year for Justin Hollins to usurp the starting spots off the edge. Um, but having a guy like that on the bench is very good situation for the Packers to be in D line wise. Yeah. Same. Should we get into, get into Jair, get into the, the mini camp news and performances Ooh. and things like that. This might be a little meaty part of the pod. It will. It will be certainly meaty. There's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of meat on this bone. Um, so Jair Hog wild with... on a chicken leg right now. <laughs> so Jair Alexander met with the media and kind of opened up about uh, last season. And I guess we'll start with the news, quote unquote. Um, passed on $700,000 to um, by not practicing during minicamp. He showed up as a, to avoid getting fined, um, but did not participate in the practices. Um, jokingly saying that it would take probably around $10 million for him to actually practice during uh, mandatory minicamp. So... Take that as you will, but uh, Jair was talking with the media and said that he's been here since, been in Green Bay since um, the season ended. He never went, like, quote-unquote, home and has been here through um, through last season, will stay through in Green Bay through uh, training camp. He talked about how he likes going uh, into Lambeau and just being there by himself and having his own time, running cardio on the stairs. Like, that's a legitimate thing he does. And um, just having time to work on his game. So um, I guess first things first, do you have a problem with Jair missing minicamp? No. I no. I don't want to sound hypocritical because we write down Rodgers for it, but I think that's two vastly different sides of the ball. Like it's very different if Rodgers doesn't practice in all the practices he can with rookie receivers versus Jair not getting reps in against Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. I think it's contextual too. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. Like it kind of comes with the territory of being a quarterback that's playing with new wide receivers. Yeah. You know, it's, Nothing it's really change on the defensive side for him. Yes. Like, no and one. I don't, I mean, we'd have to go back. This is pre pod. pre start of talk of the tundra, but yeah. I, I don't even know if, Jair was at it last year. Yeah, I um, But yeah, I'm not like I can't really. And it, I think it helps that he was positive during. Like he he met with media. He was visual, visible, not visual. He was visible in like yeah. um on the sideline talking with Jordan Love. He was John Jordan Love, which they, he talks about with the media is that he loves like just chirping at Jordan Love and adopts Christian Watson. Because it gets his competitiveness up, but also the receivers knowing that they can take it and that they deserve to take it because they can perform at the level that he's going to. He talked about 
doing that with Devonta Adams because Devonta Adams is one of the greatest receivers in the world. He needed that motivation to to get up and press him and basically defend Devonta Adams. And he thinks that Christian Watson and Dobbs can be sort of that level of receivers where they're going to need to be that good for this team to be good. And that's how he's motivating them to be the best receiver they can be against one of the best cornerbacks in the league in him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he admitted to taking it personally when he lost the captaincy last year. Um, I guess a great way to earn the captaincy back would probably be to practice in a practice, but we'll leave that alone. He'll probably get the captainship again this year because the person who took it from him last year is Adrian Amos. And yep. he's, and he's gone. So Kenny Clark and Devondra Campbell are returning, so they'll have two of the three most likely, and then likely Jair as well, considering it doesn't really make sense for anyone else to have it in that um, in that secondary. You know what I mean? Like, unless you go to Razul, and then it's and then we're gonna have a problem. Not that we, not that Razul's bad, but if you're giving it to Razul, no, it's, it it would speak of something that we don't know about. Yeah, because I mean, if they even if they have the players still pick the captaincy, that's what I was about to ask. Is that a players thing or is it a Coaches thing. Right, because we don't know who is going to pick it this year, I think. We had talked about last year throughout the season that we thought it was kind of dumb that the players picked the captains because it just makes... It's... Uh, what's the what's the tennis term? Earned errors, right? Like, like faults. You're just forcing faults within, yeah. the, within the team, and you're creating divisions within the team that aren't necessary because yeah. if... Your Jair Alexander, who has who is famously a sort of um, loud and sort of eccentric personality, and kind of wears emotions on his sleeve as much as it is a good thing, it's a bad thing. If your teammates don't believe you to be a captain, are you going to be motivated to be the best sort of cornerback you can be? I don't think he was unmotivated last year. I just think with the culmination of how bad the defense was last year at the beginning of the year, it certainly didn't help, but that was probably in the back of Jair's brain. Yeah. I mean, it was just, I mean, he was still, he was named an all pro yeah. last year, right? Mm, I don't know. He, he, he eventually went to, um, there was some, yeah, he was a pro bowl pick i know that i know that's not all pro right um but yeah it was just second team we harped on a second team all pro and we harped on it on it not being a good year yeah by his standards which again very high lofty all that stuff but it did like that sowed the seeds for like just kind of what was frankly just like not erratic but it felt like he was very much on his own island yeah in terms of just you know, it's like where where's Jay you're at this week kind of thing. Yeah, and not so, a good island like like Drell Revis. His own island and no, yeah, it, kinda like lost at sea. Yeah. <laughs> um Yeah, I, I hopefully it's everything's kind of refocused and maybe just, you know, the new rejuvenated roster playing with a lot of youngsters and everything like that. It yeah. Kind of refocuses and reshapes the overall vibe with the team and obviously Alexander because we're going to need him. Right. <laughs> we're going to need a lot of them. Right. For what it's worth, I think 
it's encouraging to see all the videos that I did see during minicamp and like how cheery Jair was. Like he was definitely around. He was hanging over Jordan Love's shoulder, telling him to stop trying him in practice and whatnot. Like, because I think he tried him in the OTAs a couple weeks ago and other practices throughout the season. And so he's just telling him already, quit throwing at me because I'm better than you think I am kind of thing. (laughs) It's just good competitive nature and like good teammate competitiveness that way. So it's good to see he's in good spirits, unlike a receiver in Buffalo at the moment or some other players around the league. So I'm glad I'm, I'm, as we, as we said, that last, is, as we said last pod, I'm happy we're kind of drama free right now. It makes for a fun off season, despite we're entering the thick of it now. When I saw that this week was like mandatory minicamp, I was like, okay, I just don't want to be that team that has like weird People drama. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Bills literally canceled practice Thursday. Yeah, because of all the weird stuff that's they just going on. Find so. Stephon Diggs. Not that they couldn't find them. He's just not showing up to practice. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. We'll see, but. We won't see the Packers because no drama, drama, drama free summer. This is a hot Packer summer. <laughs> <laughs> Last thing on Jair uh, was bummed to see Jerry Gray leave, which we had talked about, I think two, three weeks ago, whatever that pod was in that um, we weren't really too moved by the Jerry Gray move just for the sole purpose of if Jerry Gray is making your decisions on like where players are playing and telling that to Eric, Bar- or not Eric Barry, to Joe Barry about alignments and things like that. I'm not so high on him. Like I just didn't think the loss was going to be as impactful as anybody, any other coach leaving. So we'll see that this season, but if you're taking Jared his word for it, it might have a bigger impact than maybe we are understanding it right now. Yeah. But I'm not like, I'm still not losing sleep over losing Jerry Gray. Even though no, because Jair might, I'm not. Yeah, we can see. We'll soon see how things are different, and maybe a new voice kind of lifts the team out of what it was last year, the last couple of years defensively. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, continuing down through sort of mini camp news, Malik Heath undrafted free agent that the Packers signed is showing out um, as much as you can as the undrafted free agent, making a lot of nice catches with um, with the twos and threes with uh, between Danny Etling and Sean Clifford. So um, Lee Heath, SEC, I think Ole Miss, yeah, Ole Miss was where he went and racked up the stats there. And he impressed a lot of the, the Packers beat essentially there. There was a lot of people talking about just sort of how well he was showcasing his talents with the twos and the threes. And we'll see if that he makes his way into some starting, um, starting lineups essentially um, during training camp. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Coming off a senior year at Ole Miss after transferring there, 60 catches, 971 yards, five touchdowns, average 16.2 yards per catch, which kind of shows that, you know, he was very quick to air it out mm-hmm. and making big plays, right? Chunk plays, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it kind of wows you to see a undrafted free agent line up with the ones and make as strong of an impression as he did. Mm-hmm. Um, so might be worth checking out. I believe too, Paul Bradle of the Packers wire noted too, that, um, Grant DuBose, uh, has not yet practiced cause he has an yep. undisclosed injury. So it kind of might, if he kind of continues this as we near training camp and then praise praise season, right. Um, who knows? Maybe he's the fifth or sixth wide receiver on this team. We'll see. The I think it was um, Paul Brother that wrote that. Yeah, and he had talked yeah. about how um, the Packers often only keep five receivers on their roster. And so if we go down the lineup right now, it's Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Samari Toure, um, Jaden Reed, and uh, Dontavian Wicks. Their fourth round pick, I believe it was fourth or fifth. And so. That'd be their five right now. But then, as we mentioned, seventh round pick uh, Grant DeBose is still waiting in the wings as well to start practicing. And Paul had mentioned as well that the Packers generally like to keep their picks over not keeping their picks. Yes. And so that could be sort of what, not the decision per se, like the decision maker. Um, I think it'll be that part of the decision joint with how well they can play in special teams because they always need to be improving on special teams. And like, that is a pretty solid spot for a six wide receiver to be making an impact is on special teams. So between just general contributing to the offense, if either one of um, the bows or um, Heath can really 
be effective as gunners or um, blockers on punts, anything like that um, is really, I think, where they're going to have a chance to make the team, if they make the team, if they keep five receivers. Or six, if they keep six receivers, my apologies. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get so, – it's very easy to get swept up on people that are performing on the field versus someone that is literally not practicing. You don't got to come at me like that with Micah Edwards. I, well, I don't know. I, that's, I'm, not, I'm not trying to pour cold water, but it is – My heart. Your heart. Give me a Heath bar. Um, <laughs> sorry. No sponsors. Um, Love a Heath bar. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> Um, but this is the start of these battles, right? You know, this so is like the stuff that the next two months, three months of our our time and energy. This is the um stuff that like football sickos really get up for. Yes, and like I'm I'm a football fan through and through. This is how I remember <laughs> scouring the Journal Sentinel when it was cut down day. And you're looking at all the names that got cut like yeah. when I was young. Yeah. Not this I'm an old. I'm an old. Um, but I would see the names of all the from all the teams in the league. I'm like, that guy got cut. What? Right. <laughs> so I'm right. just like and then of course there'd be a lot of like undrafted or lower level drafted picks that got cut too. But yeah, this is yeah, this is that time of the year. Yeah. I I'm not a football sicko. I'll pay attention to it and I'll keep looking at training camp videos and everything when that comes around, but just like college football sickos, I I just can't. <laughs> Some of this stuff, I just don't have the brain capacity to really be hemming and hawing over. Yeah, which which is a break from which is different from how I was last year with like Abernathy. But I think that's just because we needed sort of someone like him <laughs> at the safety position. Yeah. Like, kind of still do receiver. I'm not too concerned about like. Yeah. At this point, Grant Bose and um. Heath, Lee Heath aren't going to be huge contributors as opposed to maybe Micah Abernathy was this yeah. season because of their lack of experience at safety. So, yeah. Shan't we move on? I'm pretty sure it's the wrong word, but just the word that came to my brain. <laughs> yeah, um, talking about the third running back in Patrick Taylor or um, Tyler Goodson. It's not Patrick, Ta- Patrick Taylor anymore. I think Patrick Taylor is gone. Um, but mainly Tyler Goodson. I think he is. I thought he was. Let me double check the the depth chart, just in case. Um, Patrick Taylor is around. He is he is around. Really enough, Tyler Goodson isn't listed on the Packers depth chart on ESPN. But as we talked about, um, Tyler Goodson, Patrick Taylor, Lou Nichols, all sort of gonna be fighting for that. Um, third running back spot. I don't think they roster four. That'd be a real big shock if they rostered four. Um, but the another way for them to contribute again is just on special teams. Uh, I'm trying to see who wrote this article. I think it was yep, Paul Bredel again. Shout out Paul. Um, talking about Tyler Goodson showcasing his playmaking abilities during uh, minicamp. With the ball in his hands, Goodson displayed very good vision and the ability to make defenders miss with excellent bursts. And was also very smooth as a pass catcher and took some slot snaps. Um, so, again, if you can just be an explosive player, that's great. And making players on the Packers defense miss is good. Like, Packers have some good tacklers between Quay Walker and some of that because they, they weren't down all of their starters. I think it was just... Um, I think it was just Jair and somebody else. I think it was Razul... 
was the other one? Yeah, Razul and Jair are the only ones not to um, like practice that held out of practice essentially. So, Kenny Clark practiced, and a few other ones practiced as well. Um, continuing from Packers Wire reporters, Zach Cruz uh, noted that Aaron Jones called out Tyler Goodson as being a weapon for them, hmm. um, which another obviously showcasing what he can do and could be pushing Patrick Taylor for that third running back spot or Lou Nichols too. So yeah, be very interesting to watch how that unfolds. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, obviously Jones and Dylan are the focus, but we've seen how it is. It's just like, Oh, the other quote too. I saw again, not to keep name checking Ben sermons, the running back. coach. <laughs> But he did say that special teams will heavily influence yep. who they go with the third running back spot, which right. Patrick Taylor has held down for a while. But maybe Tyler Goodson continues to push him, and maybe so much so off the roster. So we don't know. Yeah, I'm. I think Lou Nichols is like an exciting guy. One of the guys I probably will watch in camp, just watching some of his tape after the draft. Um, just going to be curious as to how they handle that with between him and AJ Dillon. Like, I think we're at the point now where if we have enough of Patrick Taylor, we have enough of Tyler Goodson, maybe Lou Nichols is the third running back next year. If neither one of them make, um, make significant strides, like maybe they do bring back Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon and Lou Nichols next year. But this, we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but I think it's just a, a curious, a curious situation for the Packers, given that, Tyler Goodson is showing off in minicamp that he's got some pretty helpful tools to be a good player on offense, but that Patrick Taylor did also really good last year when he had his opportunities um, towards mm-hmm. the end of the games and things like that. But then they draft Lou Nichols, and it's just like, of course, not all these guys pan out. That's just kind of the given, and that that's like that's where the push that's where the push comes to shove on who you're going to keep, and just in general. But I don't know. I'm excited because. I like the way Lou Nichols ran in his college tape, and I like the way Patrick Taylor ran last year when he got the ball in his hands. But if we're taking sort of face value reporting from Paul Bridal and the rest of the beat, Tyler Goodson's showing out now. So it'll be an interesting battle throughout throughout uh, training camp. And I think wherever the other one ends up between Patrick Taylor and Tyler Goodson, I think they'll probably have a good role this season if they all perform during training camp. Like, obviously, if... Tyler Goods or Patrick Taylor fall off during training camp. They'll probably just float around somewhere. But I think that'll be a really tough decision for um, for the front office to make if they both do well in training camp because they both have some pretty significant talent to be able to help the team in an emergency in an emergency situation as well as the sort of like gadget guys in certain packages. So, yeah, I agree. Good. Good. I'm glad we're in agreement. In agreement. <laughs> I almost said agreeance because I am tired, people. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else we missed. We can go through the takeaways, but I think that might be getting a little bit into it. Into Anders Carlson went 11 for 12. So oh yes, yes. Say yeah. say what you will. Oh, we got to talk about Luke Musgrave too. We got Luke, we got Anders Carlson, the powerful Luke Musgrave dude. Oh my god. <laughs> Anders Carlson is going to be very important. He will be very important. We'll talk about <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second, um, or talk about Luke, Luke Musgrave in a second. But yeah, Anders Carlson, eleven of twelve with a um, longest attempt coming from fifty four yards. 
and I believe it was laid out somewhere about his kicks. I think he went six for six on Wednesday and five for six on Tuesday. But uh, here we go. From he was six for six on the day on um, on Wednesday, longest of forty-two, and was five for six um, on Tuesday with his long uh, being a 54 yards, but that was inside the Hudson Center. That was not an outside practice. So, hmm. yeah. Hopefully he keeps that up. That's, a, that's some good distance. I'd like to see him go a little farther, but he is a rookie and hasn't had a full offseason of training and weight training and things like that. Yeah. Like strength and conditioning. So, yeah. But 54 from a dome, I can I can deal for now. But you could do that. Like that's that's Minnesota. like half the reason we were trying to like moving on from Mason Crosby, right? Is like leg strength. So yeah. if we're gonna move on to Arnold's Car- Anders Carlson, I'd like the leg strength to be there, essentially. Yeah. So okay. Now let's talk about the rookie, the other important rookie, Luke Busgrave, standing out in practice a whole bunch. Um, Matt Lafleur talked about. Um, he had a quote that was snazzy, but I cannot remember it. His not uniqueness because that's not the right word. I think I have it right here. Go ahead. Um, he was talking about how he, the rookie, is "quote unquote" different after seeing him perform during the few OTA practices. He has an elite trait that he can flat he can flat fly. He's a really really intelligent player. If he makes a mistake, he hasn't made. Many of the same mistakes twice because he's super into it. Very intentional, deliberate about his work. Invested. He continues to show progress every day. Was that the quote? Yes. But basically, the he's different. He's built built diffy. He's built different. <laughs> M- Musgrave, Luke Tough. Uh, I don't know if you said it, but he, uh, looked fast and like the strong and fast from everyone that was um that was there, basically covering the uh covering the training the mini camp yeah um of the few clips that i've seen of him it's incredibly palpable and easy to see on the screen which is like it's not like robert tunyon wasn't that in some ways but he's he's like an old-fashioned tight end like luke musgrave you know i'd try not to get excited but i I love a good tight end that can just run down the middle of the field and make plays like that. So up the seam, well, all that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. that's, I think one of the bigger takeaways as well um, from minicamp was Jordan Love was was had some good moments, had some not so good moments, but he was playing a lot up the seam and was having a lot of good passes over the middle, which is sort of what we were screaming about last year to get stuff over the middle going, and it's really encouraging to see that Jordan Love is picking that up right away so that they can get some of these guys that have the, the speed and the ability to catch balls over the middle. They're just getting them, getting the ball to them more often. Like Luke Musgrave is doing really well on camp. It's been, he hasn't played on full snap yet, but he's been doing well in camp, catching balls over the middle. Same thing with like sending Jaden Reed, who's had a quiet camp for or a quiet mini camp. Um, according to these reporters, but same thing, like these guys are fast. Like when we Dobbs, Christian Watson, and Jane Reed are all fast. Same thing with Luke Musgrave. Like, get these guys open over the middle and let Christian Watson streak down the side if he's not going over the middle. Like, there's a lot of opportunity for um, for this offense, and hopefully they take uh, amp 
to take firm grasp of it. Firmly grasp it. Firmly Lady McQueen. Grasp it. I want to go fast. Lady McQueen style, you know? Did you see the tweet from Zach Cruz today? Jordan Love and Aaron Jones both said it this week, says Zach Cruz. Uh, this Packers offense is fast. Very fast. Everyone is learning on the fly, but they'll do it at 100 miles per hour. So maybe a lot of hurry up, maybe just a lot of quick people. You look, are you telling? Go ahead. Are you telling me that um, we're not going to have the play clock run down to one and a big? <laughs> for, you, for you listeners, sorry, that was a visual joke. That was bad. Jordan I, pantomime day, <laughs> uh, frustrated timeout call from the line of scrimmage. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a and clip no, on like, social. Just maybe, just maybe. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like I think like the most notable. Like fast-paced offense that I can think of, just off the top of my head at ten forty-four at night, is like Chip Kelly's Philadelphia Eagles offense. Like that was a really fast offense, and Chip Kelly himself just always ran a um, a hurry-up offense. Having something like that, I think, would be good with this team. With them being young, when you run a hurry-up offense, you have more chances to catch the defense slipping because they're tired and you're they're running at the offensive offense's pace as well as just letting the team get into a rhythm. Like, with a young team, you don't want to give the defense so many looks and such long looks at the offensive like presets before you run plays and things like that. And so I think having a hurry-up offense with a young quarterback and with a bunch of guys who are fast, like the Packers are, or Packers are having these rookies and these young guys, probably a good idea. I think that's going to be something to watch throughout the season. The biggest thing will just be execution. Like... You can't run a hurry-up offense without having positive plays, essentially. If you're throwing incomplete passes, if you're getting losses of downs on run plays, things like that, hurry-up offense kind of goes stagnant. becomes just a regular offense. So, we'll see. Hopefully that is something that we can sort of track, because I think it's been a while since we've seen like a, a true hurry-up offense in the Packers. Probably like early 10s Packers teams were like a little faster like that, but they weren't. Blitz. They were like blitzkrieging, like the Chip Kelly Eagles offensive team. Yeah, along around that same time. Yeah. Sweet, 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 sweet. Talked about Luke Musgrave. I think Tucker Craft did practice a little bit, but wasn't too much. Um, wasn't practicing too much. I think he was barely there for um, for OTAs a couple weeks ago. Um, we do need to talk about the offensive line. Zach Tom taking snaps all over the place. Right tackle, right guard, and center. Right tackle switching off with the ones a little bit, although he didn't start um, there, but was taking snaps at right guard and right tackle and center with the twos and threes. So um, I guess where do you want to see him kind of play? Like, do you think, I guess, where do you think he starts just with this mini camp? And I guess what is your I think they're, shortened prediction? I think it's. He's going to be right tackle. I think he is too. I think him and Yash might have like a platoon going through training camp, and I think he just ends up getting that job. And I like, I just don't think they're they're really going to upset the apple cart with you know Josh Myers not starting, yeah, or John Runyon. Yeah, I mean, like he's very, um, he's very uh, amiable, versatile, obviously, and then he can play different 
positions, but still, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't, I don't see like a radical change, especially because I just think if you're talking about your best, your five best linemen, and obviously it's to some debate, right? Um, I think that's your five best right there, and just who do you the think nature it is? of the season? Bakhtiari, Jenkins, uh, Myers, Myers, Runyon, and Tom. Yeah, I would probably agree with that. I just I I think that's the best offensive line to start the season, depending on how yes Myers performs. And then the nature of the season, season it's gonna it's yep. gonna yeah you're gonna have injuries, you're gonna have kind of switching around. So, and I think it's not even a bad thing that like because they'll they'll keep Josh Diamond regardless whether or not he starts is the is yep. the question. So if say Josh Myers just isn't cutting it at center and they throw Zach Tom there, then you could just throw last year's right tackle right there back in his in his spot and kind of pick off pick up where they left off. I don't think Yash is the long term answer. He's obviously only here for this season, uh, being a restricted free agent this past offseason. But I don't think it's worth like committing the spot to him just because of that either. Yeah. So Okay. Um couple looks of different uh interior defensive linemen uh lineups with uh Devontae Wyatt, TJ Slayton, and Colby Wooden being sort of the line without Kenny Clark when Kenny Clark had to step up for a few snaps. So it'll be interesting to see. I think the, the starting lineup was uh, Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, and Devontae Wyatt. So I think that'll be something to watch as well through training camp is all of the, the combinations they're going to throw at the interior defensive lineman because interior defensive linemen can't play every snap. It's very rare for that to happen. So whether they call on uh, Colby Wooden that could be a um, an option. He was one of their draft picks this past uh, spring. We'll just kind of see. It's going to be an interesting sort of shuffling around of how they play that position and how many players they keep there. I probably think they'll keep at least four, maybe five. Buster, I think Carl Brooks has gotten some. If not this week, he's gotten some you know good marks on his own too over the last couple of weeks with. OTAs and everything like that. Right. So yeah, I, you know, like every position group, there is like something interesting with every battle, and you know that's gonna as the whittling down right. nears. Plus, they have Jonathan Ford, notably not Rudy Ford, Jonathan Ford, <laughs> same guy, two different spots. Um, he was picked. <laughs> he was picked this year, and uh, I'm sorry, last year in the seventh round as well. So. We'll see just sort of how all those battles play out over the course of uh, over the course of the training camp and preseason for that yeah. matter. So, alrighty. I don't think we missed really any. Uh, we did talk about linebackers, but there wasn't really any news out of linebackers. It's kind of just Devonja Campbell and Quay Walker vibing. Isaiah McDuffie is the three. That was really the only news there. They did have an interesting lineup that they rolled out in minicamp where they ran uh, five linemen. Quay and five uh, secondary players, which is an interesting, interesting uh, formation. We'll say scheme. So yeah, three down linemen, two edge rushers. Barry is on one. <laughs> what is he cooking? <laughs> it is smoking. Probably in the it is. It's probably I don't know. What's a Joe Barry food item? Buttered toast. I don't know. Nothing, nothing extravagant. That's for sure. It's uh, pork and beans. 
it's not the Michelin star rated, that's for sure. No. no. Grilled cheese with like lukewarm tomato soup. I don't know, dude. It's not <laughs> the borscht. Sure. That's a good borscht. All right. I think that's it. I think we're <laughs> I think we've reached our uh the end of our rope on this episode. Thank you all for listening. You know what time it is. It's promo time. Repod. Have you downloaded Repod yet? I'm looking at you, fellow listener. I am in your ears. Download Repod. Join Repod.com slash Talk the Tantra. I'm begging you. Please. It's an awesome app. Love talking there. Love talking there. Love posting there. Overall, it's a great app. Great community. Twitter is breaking again. Broke for me today. Couldn't use it. Went to Repod. Puts around a little bit. Joinrepod.com slash talk of the tundra. Go do it. <laughs> GSP inside. As always, Jordan himself, Adam McKee, Ty Windish, Rohan Cotty, bring you the latest and greatest of Bucks news. I think we announced it last time, but in case you haven't seen it, the Bucks finally announced Adrian Griffin to the to the organization. And with some new news coming out about um, Chris Milton having surgery on his, I believe, knee. That's my cleanup surgery, if I'm not mistaken. As well as um, Bradley Buell news and the possibility that he might be uh, traded to the Bucks. They're kind of looming in the in the rafters, trying to swoop down like Sting to pick up Bradley Beal. So <laughs> go listen to the Eurostep feed, win in six, all of the great. Uh, Bucks feeds we have here at GSPN. Go check them out. Cruising for a bruising. The Brewers continually make me want to be very sad. But the Cruising for a Bruising hosts, Andrew Snyder and Adam McGee, make me so happy. They're just so such so good about talking about Brewers and articulating my angry feelings at Craig Council, at Mark Antanasio, that fucking worm, and other players that proceed to hurt my feelings. So yeah, go check out Cruising for a Bruising. They have the Master Brewer leaderboard talking about the the wonderful players of the Brewers and how many beers they're earning throughout their play. Shout out Christian Yelich had a good series against the Twins. Other players couldn't help him out, sadly. But he had a good series. A little two-gamer. Um, but yeah, go check, out, go check out Cruising for a Bruising. Good stuff over there in that feed. Lastly, uh, make time for this. Also a pod uh, hosted by Andrew Snyder and Mr. Adam McGee. This is the sound of me vamping, so I can go look at what their last episode was, because if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure it was something along the lines of Paul Thomas Anderson, but I'm not sure if that's right. Paul Schrader. I had the first name right, listener. I had the first name right. Um, surprising. This is the title of the uh, the pod. Paul Schrader surprises with controversial yet tender Master Gardener, plus the legacy of his man of his man in a room trilogy. They're just smart. They just know film and cinema. So plus, if I'm not mistaken, the bear comes out next Thursday. Next Thursday, June twenty second. Which means yours truly and probably Jordan as well. We'll be hopping on. Make time for this to talk about uh, the bear and its new season, season two. So, 
All right, everybody. GSPN.info for all of those pods, all that good stuff. Go drop me a follow on Twitter at known. Go follow Jordan on Twitter at Jordan Tresky. Go follow the new GSPN uh, Instagram, Watch GSPN. Ty's doing a lot of great work posting over there, some polls, a bunch of Bucks news, other Packers, Emperor stuff as well. So go follow us on social media. Go buy some merch. Buy some merch. We love a merch thing. Drop and rate a review. Five stars. We love it. That's it, folks. Jordan, thank you for joining me. Thank you. And listener, thank you for listening. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.